Remembrance Day, perhaps more than any other celebration, raises up a strong discrepancy between what Christians say versus what they actually do. And that is because Jesus had some very challenging things to say about warfare. Let's talk about that as we discuss Remembrance Day and Radical Compassion. Hi, Paul Shepard here, and welcome to the podcast. You know, some people think that having faith means believing a bunch of things that you know are impossible. But here at Rational Christianity, we take a rational approach to understanding the Christian faith. We combine history, science, the Bible, common sense, and an understanding of human nature to make Christianity make sense. Everyone is welcome here. You know, I enjoy doing these podcasts. I like doing the research. I really do love trying to make the Christian faith more rational. But sometimes it really is not that easy. Remembrance Day is one of those times. One of the big challenges talking about Remembrance Day is that people have their own expectations. I mean, what are your expectations? What do you hope to hear from me today? Do you want me to speak about honoring the dead? Do you hope that I speak about the suffering that happens during warfare? Perhaps you want me to speak about new ways to work for peace. Personally, Remembrance Day for me is an annual reminder of just how limited humanity's imagination is. And I end up wondering why being destructive is so much more popular than being constructive. But to begin, consider the First World War. By the end of the war, over a hundred countries were involved in some way. But at the beginning, the very beginning of the war, all of the human energy, or most of it, came from Western Europe, particularly from Germany, Austria-Hungary, France, Belgium, and Britain. Those five countries could have brought an end to the war before the whole thing spiraled out of control. And what did those five countries have in common? Well, they were all predominantly Christian. For example, in 1910, 98.3% of Germans were Christian. 94.2% of Austria-Hungarians were Christian. I don't have numbers, but France, Belgium, and Britain were substantially Christian too. In fact, overall, in 1910, Western Europe was 94.5% Christian. So how did it happen that in World War I, all of Europe was ablaze and countless Christians slaughtered each other? How was it that so many Christians were willing to commit atrocities against each other? Does Christianity have nothing to say on the subject of warfare? Well, of course it does, or at least Jesus did. For example, in the book of Romans, chapter 12, starting at verse 17, we have, quote, Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all, end quote. And later on, quote, Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave room for the wrath of God, end quote. And still later, quote, If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. Overcome evil with good, end quote. And there is a famous parable in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, beginning at verse 24. Quote, Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a farmer who sowed good seed in their field. But while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, the weeds appeared as well. The workers came to the farmer and said, Did you not sow good seed in your field? 
Where then did these weeds come from? And the farmer answered, An enemy has done this. And the workers said, Then do you want us to go and remove the weeds? But the farmer replied, No, for in removing the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until a harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat into my barn. End quote. These words of Jesus are very clear. Warfare is simply not an option. The text I just read state that we should not start wars, and even more so, if we are attacked, we should not defend ourselves with military force. And the farmer's response in the parable, no, for in removing the weeds, he would uproot the wheat along with them, is a perfect description of how fighting in wartime kills so many civilians, non-combatants, children, and destroys so much in society. So how was it that overwhelmingly Christian Europe engaged in massive and brutally destructive war against fellow Christians? Twice. What is going on? Were Europeans not very good Christians? Is Christianity a religion that is big on words, but far too weak on action? Something does not add up, that is for sure. Whenever I overhear someone saying that Muslims are violent, I suggest the speaker learn a bit of Christian history. Christians have proven themselves capable of terrible violence, destruction, and complete disregard for human life, even towards other Christians. Now, some people do take the words of Jesus seriously, people who actually believe that the words of Jesus not only sound nice, but are actually words for people to live by. But those people often find themselves outside the church. You know, that same church that invented the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition, and various genocides against many different indigenous peoples. One person who took Jesus seriously was Lev Nikolaevich Tolstoy, known to English speakers as Leo Tolstoy. Tolstoy was excommunicated from the Russian Orthodox Church in 1901, and I'm sure the church was happy to see him go, because Tolstoy described himself as a radical anarcho-pacifist Christian. In other words, someone who actually believes the Bible verse as I read earlier. Someone who believes that one cannot overcome evil with even greater evil. Tolstoy wrote many interesting books, including the famous War and Peace and Anna Karenina. But Tolstoy is one of my favorite theologians because of other books you may not have read. One of Tolstoy's books that impacted me is called The Kingdom of God is Within You. That book lays aside church dogma in favor of a deeper understanding of the teachings of Jesus. It turns out to be a treatise on strict nonviolence and a renewed understanding of radical compassion. In the book, Tolstoy takes a scholarly and philosophical approach to compassion, but ends up with the message of Jesus. Tolstoy and others have tried to educate Christians about the sometimes stark division between what Christians say and what they do. And that division is perhaps no more extreme than when we discuss warfare. Because Jesus' words about warfare are deeply challenging. And through the lens of history, we are forced to concede that the Christian response to war has been, well, the same as everyone else's response to war. In particular, Christians preach, love your enemy. But in practice, Christians do not hesitate to kill their enemy. You know, just like everyone else. And so the Christian religion really has contributed nothing new to the conversation on warfare. 
Now, granted, warfare is a difficult problem to deal with, but the whole point of faith is to help us live better lives. And Christianity has been sadly silent on the topic of warfare. Not silent in words, but silent in action. And we are also forced to admit that many of the people who take the words of Jesus seriously had to do it beyond the bounds of the institutional church. Which, if we think about it, parallels Jesus' own ministry. I mean, Jesus was Jewish, but he had to operate beyond the bounds of institutional Judaism to bring his ministry to its highest potential. Jesus was constantly fighting with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Jesus was opposed to the temple cult aspects of Judaism. And so Jesus and Tolstoy both operated beyond institutional boundaries because those boundaries were simply too narrow to contain the truth. The truth that God is a God of compassion and that any God that is not compassionate to all people is not worthy of our worship. And that is perhaps the ultimate task on Remembrance Day for us to see beyond institutional and nationalistic boundaries and to see compassion with new eyes, to see each other with new eyes. To see that compassion is not something that we should get around to after we fix the world, but instead to see that compassion, radical compassion lived out, is the only way to actually fix the world. Peace will not lead to compassion. Compassion, radical compassion, will lead to peace. How will we do that in our own lives today? Of course, Remembrance Day is not just about philosophies and ideologies. It is also about remembering and honoring people whose lives were impacted by war. But how do we do that? Do we just flip through a photo album and remember people we know who died in war? Well, perhaps. But maybe we will decide to honor the memories of our loved ones who served and who died by taking Jesus and Tolstoy seriously. Because their challenge to us in blunt terms is this. Do we hope, dream, live, and breathe into a future where peace is achieved through violence and war? Or do we hope, dream, live, and breathe into a future where peace is achieved through justice and compassion for all people? Because we have the right to decide that question for ourselves. We have the right to dream of a new world. We have the right to imagine and live into the kingdom of God right here. We have the right to live lives of radical compassion. We have the right to remember. We will remember them. Amen. Hi again, and thanks for joining in today. I'm Rev. Dr. Paul Shepard, a minister with the United Church of Canada, currently serving at Sydenham Heritage United Church in Brantford, Ontario. I'm also an environmental scientist with a PhD in physics. I'm passionate about making Christianity make sense. Please subscribe to the channel and feel free to visit the church, either in person or online. You might also enjoy my book, Evolving Christianity, which is about taking a scientific and rational approach to Christianity in order to fight racism and other social diseases. I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time.